Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. It's your normal crew of Rob Croyle. Hello. Jennifer Bartlett. Hello. And myself, Logan. Coming at you with the footnotes. Those tasty tidbits that just didn't fit into the sermon. I know, it's hard to believe that, you know, the sermon could have contained anything else. But, <laughs> but, believe it or not, we did actually cut things out of it. I <laughs> uh, know. I'm, I'm just pulling your leg, Rob. That wasn't even your longest, like... We, we cut we didn't even, so many things. I don't, I don't even remember what the, what the total runtime of the sermon was, actually. It I know was, it, it was close to 40 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say it was, it was pushing 40, but I, I don't think it was over 40. We've definitely... Like, I mean, I remember one back in the day that might have been over 50 or right around 50, so. See, those don't feel that long to me, and maybe it's just, like, I'm used to hour-long sermons, which, whoa, are you listening Nelly. to, like, Mark Driscoll or something? <laughs> so, 45-minute sermon. It was a 45-minute. Oh, it was a 45-er? 45-er. 45 quarters of an hour. Six seconds, although at least six seconds of that was an Easter egg, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that doesn't count. That that occurred during communion. We'll Happy count, Easter. <coughs> count that off. All right. <coughs> no, I'm just pulling your leg. It's fine. It's fine. It was. It, it's tough. We were talking about what you covered five chapters of Nehemiah or something. Like six chapters of Nehemiah. Seven. Seven. Seven, Seven chapters of Nehemiah. I fell asleep for the last one. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And all I did was mention it. <laughs> I just didn't even mention chapter Did you seven. mention the genealogy and I was just Yeah, you're you're out. That was me trying to make a snoring sound. It wasn't very good. That was <laughs> like white noise sound. <laughs> That's not how you snore? Oh, my bad. Mm. I don't know. I've always been asleep when I was snoring, so <laughs> wouldn't know what it sounds like. I've heard it sounds like chainsaws. Well, it depends but. on who it is. I, I had a chief when I was in the Air Force that he sounded like a bear. All right. Awesome. They gave that particular chief his own tent. Like, typically we had six to eight folks per tent. (laughs) (laughs) They spared a whole bunch of people (laughs) and gave him his own tent. Wow. And you'd walk by his tent and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You can go stay over there (laughs) across the field. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, Oh, All right, man. there you go. Snoring. Sn- snoring su- snooze fest. You probably don't snore because, well, I don't know how typical this is, but I've known guys that snored, and they, they typically, the guys that that I was around, as soon as they hit the pillow, they were out. Mm. And if I didn't get to sleep before them, <clears throat> oh, it was a long night. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. that way. So there, I, I have it on, on good source. Ryan Lingbloom, the first year I was up at middle school camp, was like, dude, you're a chainsaw. I was like, I didn't know that. I've never been told that. Now, I had roommates for a while there, and no one ever. My brother, Brian, will be the first to tell me like you, that I was snoring. So I think there's something about being at camp, and if I sleep on my back, 
Uh-huh. Then that happens, especially on like a camp bed with you know, probably no pillow. I don't know whether I remember that or not, but oh. I always forgot my pillow going to camp. It's true. Hmm. Every every single time, she's like, "No!" Roll yeah, up a sweatshirt. I. I mm. no that's good. awful. That's no good. That's horrible. Sleeping nights, mm-hmm. no pillow. There you go. So anyway, no pillow, no bueno. But I've always been asleep, so I've never heard myself. They have apps for that. I yeah, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Some things I can just say no to. My app tells me that I snore a couple minutes a night, and I don't think it's actually me. I think it's the person to my right. <laughs> She's beautiful. She snores sometimes. I snore. That's who I am. All right, there you go. All right. <laughs> Noted. Noted. <laughs> this was not how I was going to start the podcast. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have a plan. I'm like, I'm going to just seg- I'm going to just segue into the first topic of conversation off of that intro and it'll be fine. I don't need to think through This is why we put shortcomings in here so that we don't become a walking shortcoming. Or snore coming. Or yeah. s- <laughs> I don't know. That was that was really bad. That was, that, don't laugh at that. That was so bad. So speaking of parallels, let's yeah, talk about Joshua. Speaking of parallels, let's <laughs> talk about the parallels between Joshua and Nehemiah. Because we've seen these Exodus stories with uh, Zerubbabel, old mm. Zebabs, and Ezra. Yeah. Uh, a little easy E. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, Zebabs, easy E. And i got to come up with a good name for Nehemiah. But... Uh, He's all about building a wall, but I, I'm sure nobody could come up with any nicknames off of that. Uh, nonetheless, uh, there are parallels between old Nehemiah and Joshua. I think I just broke Jennifer, so Rob, you better take it away. <laughs> uh, so both were students of the Torah. Okay. Uh, Joshua spent a lot of time... Uh, Almost in a discipleship relationship with Moses, he was the servant of Moses. He was at the tent of meeting whenever Moses was engaging with God. Okay. Joshua was there, and Nehemiah is very much a student of the Torah. You'll, we see that throughout his story. The seven oppositions of Nehemiah, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Uh, each time, it starts with the enemies heard. And the four times that Joshua faces enemies in the different nations that he faces, it starts with the enemies heard. Hmm. And then there's there's another connection uh, in Nehemiah four. Uh, Nehemiah jumps onto the wall with a with a chauffeur in hand, and and if you think about a wall, you find. Can you define what a chauffeur is? A chauffeur. Shofar. Shofar is. It's a, not who drives you around, right? No, it's <laughs> it's a horn. It's a it's a ram's horn. Ram's horn. That they Dun, use. Da, da, da. So uh, he jumps on a wall with his shofar in hand, and Joshua walks around a wall, and they blow shofars, and and wall comes tumbling down. So mm. on the one hand, so there's that connection, but. Nehemiah says, our God will fight for us, which is a direct quote of ne- of Joshua out of uh, 1014, where he says the same thing. Hmm. 
And Tim Mackey calls this the Braveheart moment. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nice. So there's there's these various connections. And again, we've seen already in, in the book of Ezra these two Exodus narratives. And Joshua is not a, an Exodus narrative, but in a sense it is because mm. he's... He's like Moses in the fact that um, he's faced with this godlike character and he's asked to take off his sandals. Um, he uh, parts the waters. Like there's all these different connections between Joshua and his mentor, Moses. Hmm. And the difference is, is you're, you're actually in the land. Joshua's actually in the land. And the two Ezra stories, the a bigger part of the narrative is about the exodus, the transition from Babylon to Israel, to Jerusalem, where Nehemiah almost doesn't even mention that part. Like he's he's in Babylon, but suddenly he's transported and now he's in the land and he's figuring out sure. how to live within the land. And so it, much more, much more Joshua like. Mm-hmm. There was one, uh, one other thing that's kind of an allusion to a previous story. Um, I wonder if anybody picked up on it. Is Nehemiah is a cupbearer? Jen, can you think of another character who was a cupbearer for a king? I want to say Daniel. Am I wrong in that? No, wrong person. Mm-hmm. At least not who I'm thinking of. Oh my gosh. Technicolor. Joseph. <laughs> I was like, I see it. He's got Genesis. this that, that there's there's a little bit of this little bit of the callback there because he he's not the cupbearer. Mm-hmm. But he translates the dream of the cupbearer. Right. And there's a cupbearer involved with this king who then puts Joseph into power. Yep. So I wonder. I wonder. We'll probably end up talking about this in footnotes next week a little bit. I wonder if there might be an overarching parallel that we're going to see mm-hmm. for that. But be on the lookout for something involving that and slavery. But slavery. Yeah. Which is funny because you know if Nehemiah is giving a Braveheart speech, he should be yelling about freedom mm-hmm. or you know something. Right. And maybe that's what he's yelling about in chapter five. Freedom. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, and there, and from that standpoint, Nehemiah approaches this uh, differently than Joseph. Joseph actually ends up selling the people into usury. Yep. Or Nehemiah redeems people that. Or at least trying to. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of oppositions, I don't know. I'm, I'm really all about those segues today. Mm. Uh, <coughs> hard left turn. Not like NASCAR with a gentle left turn. It was a hard left turn. But uh, so Nehemiah. Uh, goes and is he's he runs into some oppositions because that's what we get in these stories. 
Dude sent by King. Opposition is faced. Anticlimactic ending. That's what we see over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right? And so yeah. uh, oppositions faced this time around are still like this is still echoes of old Zebab's screw up way back in the day. Old old tensions, old enemies, just revisited. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about those oppositions a little bit. Well, it's Sanbella and Tobiah are the two main characters. They're Samaritans. Uh, Geshem as well is an, is a third character that's mentioned. Uh, they seem to be uh, officials in the area. Okay. But um, the big thing, the big takeaway is these are the Samaritans that are opposing the uh, Israelites, the the Judeans. Mm-hmm. And the connection, I think, it's important for us to understand that there's a strong connection between this story and what we see in the New Testament when they talk about Samaritans. And avoiding Samaria. And We're going to walk all the way around this thing to avoid them. Right. When, when Jesus tells the Good Samaritan story, these are the people, these are the arch enemies. We hate these guys. Montagues and Capulets. Little Shakespeare for you. Hatfields and McCoys. Hat, okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I, I was, I was, I was like, all right. I'm gonna figure out. Got to put this in Rob's time frame. Yeah. Shakespeare's a little before his time, just a little bit. Bloods versus Crips. Bloods versus Crips. <laughs> that's Shonda's time. <laughs> that's no. That's like. <laughs> that's that is, she was born after all of that blew over. Yeah. She doesn't think so. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's like I was a baby when that crap was going down. Yeah, that was well. I 80s, was a young eighties and nineties young was... child at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, the Samaritans and the Judeans. This is ba- echoes back all the way back to Rehoboam and Jeroboam in First uh, Kings when Solomon dies and the kingdom goes kaputzo and splits. So the um, the story's kind of the uh, there's seven times that these um, enemies and sometimes just it's just listed as enemies. Sometimes it's listed as Sambal and Tobiah. Sometimes it's Sambal, Tobiah, and Geshem. Uh, it creates a nice little chiasm if you can imagine that. What a chiasm! Never. We should have a chiasm jingle. Ooh. That'd be fun. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Add that to your to-do list. <laughs> no, uh, that that might need to happen for sure. And if you made the the jingle happen chiastically, that'd be fun. <gasps> I wouldn't have dreamed of doing such a thing. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> jeez. All right. But what's what's interesting is their opposition is mostly words. It's 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 like. Kids walking down the street that heckle you for for whatever reason, right? Okay. Like they, there's they're not, they're they're, not they're the kids yelling baldy at you, and now you're gonna set a bear on them. Go and find the yeah. meaning of this. Like the opposition is not what I would consider significant, and and it's just a few verses here and there, and and then chapter five just stands out like this, and this is 
like if you were gonna identify like a the big problem, okay, it's it's more of this internal conflict of people um, providing food at the expense of their selling selling off their children or selling off their house or selling off their livelihood, selling off their farm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that just seems to be the much bigger, much bigger problem. Nice. Yeah. Vicious mockery. That's what I was trying to think of. There's a, uh, in D&D, one of your characters, if you're a bard, one of your attacks is vicious mockery. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's what I was thinking of when you're like, just verbally, you're verbally abusing the people building the wall. <laughs> Vicious mockery. Vicious mockery. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will tear down walls. What? <laughs> Take that, Gorbachev. Anyway, that was that was hilarious. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. Um, speaking of chiasms, that actually almost segued because we had a chiasm in there. And if I had the jingle, we could make that segue. And I would sing the jingle, but, you know, Rob will just make fun of me for not getting all the notes right. That's an inside joke for us inside the room here. Thus, it's called an inside joke. But anyway, chiasms. Chapters one through seven is a chiasm, and we've got the walls, and the first part is the opposition there. Did you already talk about that? No, you didn't talk about that. I was just glad that you had your guitar on hand because... <sighs> Earlier, I, I tried sure. to. I wasn't sure Rob, if we were talking about the same song. <laughs> Rob brought up the, the. He made a joke about the, the Tears for Fears, right? Yes. Yeah, Tears for Fears, and I went into trying to sing the little guitar riff, um, and and it. got vicious mockeried. There was verbal abuse hurled in my direction. Uh, well. It wasn't that bad. You should do better. <laughs> Basically, it was like, wait, that didn't sound anything. Was that 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 was that was bad? Suck less uh, was how that came out. Uh-huh. And so I grabbed my guitar and I threw my guitar, and then I successfully picked up my guitar. Um, so uh, you threw it on accident. Yeah, I, I just it slipped <laughs> as I was picking it up, but it sounds better. It sounds cooler, more punk. If I say that I threw it, um, it was the pink one. So. You're very punk with your pink guitar. <laughs> Look like a fumble, but <laughs> the mockery continues. <laughs> it's a rough day here in the office, <laughs> and Logan hasn't had coffee, so it's just, <laughs> just, whew, yikes! The holding of the guitar was actually better than the jingle. Oh my god! <laughs> Send help to info at Mission Ridge Church <laughs> in care of Logan. <laughs> Triage needed. <laughs> Need your prayers and support. Ooh, right now. Aloe vera accepted for all these burns. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, I was trying to play, and then I successfully played the little riff and got mocked more for my singing of it. So anyway, it was a chiasm in the middle oh of. In the middle was this beautiful riff played on guitar, and on the outside was me botching the. <laughs> And being made fun of for it on both sides. What a beautiful chiasm it was. Anyway, what are we talking about now? Other than than mocking is This is a big chiasm. It covers seven chapters. It's a daddy chiasm? 
it, it's a daddy. Well, it's do, kind do, of do, a, do, do, do. I was yawning. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a daddy chiasm, it's within the larger daddy chiasm of two over over the two books. But Ooh, mega so mega mama, shark mama chiasm. The mama chiasm. Yeah, isn't didn't we determine that mamas have more words? I think we did determine that at yeah. one point. Mama chasms. Well, I don't be. know that I wasn't. I was here for that. Yeah, it was when we were talking Genesis, because uh, you had the. It w- yeah, you, I think you were here because we had the the first paragraph was the daddy chiasm and then the mama uh, and then the baby. We it were was like a, it was in my care group. Someone in my care group said women use more words, so the big chiasm should be the mama chiasm. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that was the next week. Then I don't know. Anyway, you can go back and review that on the on the the, the archives if you want to. But there you go, mama chiasm bigger than the daddy chiasm. So this is the this is the daddy chiasm. It's got nine layers. That's like a Dobus tort cake. I'm all about this now. Mm. I don't know what that is, but it sounds delicious. It is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was just thinking about Elf and traveling w- through the seven layers of the... Oh, yeah. Through the, the seven layers of the Arctic or whatever. Seven layers uh, of the candy cane forest or... Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't know. Something. We're only 23 Mondays from Christmas, by the way. Just for everybody's Make sake. me hungry for candy canes and tort cake something. Absolutely. At the center of this chiasm, I'm not going to cover the whole chiasm because... Because it's gigantic. It's gigantic. So many words. But <laughs> at the center of the chiasm, it says the in chapter... In verse chapter four, verse six, that the walls are joined together at half height, Hobbit and height. the other. So the center of this chiasm is actually two verses, or or a couple verses. Okay. So the one half of it is the walls are joined at half together at half height. And then Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and company are joined together in opposition. Mm. And that word joined, apparently that's a unique word. It's it's only used in the scriptures once. Mm. And it's in back to back verses. Little little double punch, little boom boom. Little little jab punch, jab hook. Right there. And I really kind of I wrestled like I'm going I don't I don't know what's the, who cares so what the walls are joined and they're half height and Sam Bell and Tobiah and company are joined together in opposition like they're more determined now that the walls are joined they're they have joined they're more determined to oppose sure and I I don't know I. Last week I was looking at this and I'm going, uh, who cares? This week I'm looking at it when we were talking yesterday. I'm going, oh, the wall comes first. I saw this light bulb come on. Actually, I remember that. It was delightful. The walls came before the opposition. The we made you an enemy before you were an enemy, and we see this in in movies where where someone's a friend, but someone determines 
someone decides that nope, you're not my friend anymore, and there's <clears throat> and and you don't even know why, but our friendship is off, mm. and and then I'm gonna make it so self fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Which echoes Ozebabs. And what created the opposition in the first place? Correct. Oh, man, that's tasty. Mm-hmm. And this is the awkward... It's tasty like a dough this is the This is the awkward moment, hmm. you know, or the anticlimax of this section is that one of the prophets, I don't remember which it was, but um, it talked about Israel, Jerusalem, no longer needing walls because mm. everyone is invited in. Mm. I don't remember which one that was. And I feel like, you know, the idea of having walls is not necessarily evil within itself. I mean, there's sometimes there's uh, some real value to having a wall. Sure, it allows you to protect people. Most of us, most of us have doors with locks on them in our house. Yeah. Some of us even remember to use the locks. You know, and I know it's a big, I know it's a a big issue, a big talking point within the within America right now is whether or not we should have a, a southern wall. Yeah. You know, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. And there's um I I see points on both sides. I think uh honestly there's some valid things being said on on both sides mm-hmm. of that conversation. And I don't think having locks on your doors is necessarily wrong, but if if you go in and lock the door and, and no one is ever invited in, that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you don't protect the people that have already been invited in, that's problematic as well. Mm-hmm. That brings its own set of problems. And so, yeah, you know, how do we strike balance? How do we how do we not make enemies of the people that see things differently? Sure, and I think it's one thing. It's one thing for the people of Jerusalem to to say, "Hey, we want to, we want, we want to worship the Lord correctly. We want to honor Him in the things that we do." And this other group of people, they, in the past, they've led us astray, yep. and, and so we need to protect ourselves from that. But Jesus makes it a point early in his ministry to go to Samaria. Mm-hmm. And he has a conversation with the woman at the well, and many theologians believe that it's actually a very theological question, conversation and not so much about uh, marriage and and those kinds of things, but more about religious observance yeah yep. and religious practice and and those kinds of things and may even tie back to this Ezra and Nehemiah conversation about being married and no longer married and mm. you know 
And so um, you've had five husbands, and now the one you're with is no longer is not your husband. Five being a picture of Torah, first five books of the Bible. Um, and so Jesus not only is not making an enemy out of someone who didn't want to be an enemy, but he's actually looking. For ways to bridge those gaps, mm-hmm. and so for some people, they're not really trying to make, they're not really trying to make enemies. They're kind of out out there, out here on this one, ex- and they're like, I'm, I'm not making enemies of anybody. Like I'm not going to engage with them either. But I'm not, my enemy. But there's no engagement, hmm. right? And then you have this this other end is like, I'm not going to engage because you're my enemy. Hmm. And you stay away from me, I'm going to stay away from you. And Jesus really opposes both of those and says, nope, I'm going to engage those who would choose to be my enemy in order to make them my partner, my friend, Hmm. and to lead them towards what it means to worship God in meaningful ways. Nice. Well, let's wrap her up with a little discussion on long and short prayers. Hmm. Go go long. So for or those of you who uh, heard the message. <laughs> How dare you? He is just straight up <laughs> vicious today. Rob is on. You know what? Somebody get Rob a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I was just having fun. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's just um, having fun as Logan and I are sitting in the corner crying at this point. <laughs> curled up in the fetal position under my desk for the rest of the day. <laughs> so in the sermon, in the sermon, uh, we talked. Uh, Nehemiah has this four-month-long prayer. Uh, he's. Um. He's told by his brother in the month Kislev, which is the 12th month, and and he prays through the month of Nissan, which is not a Japanese-made vehicle. Nope, not a rice burner. Not a rice <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that's, it's a four-month-long prayer, and the prayer that we see at the end of chapter 1, or the second half of chapter 1, is that prayer that he wrestles through for multiple months. Mm-hmm. And then when he's actually in the presence of the king, it says that he sends up this quick prayer. Yeah, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. That's an oh shoot prayer. Yeah, yeah, he didn't run out of the room. Mm-hmm. and He didn't drop to his knees. <laughs> right. Didn't put up his Hold prayer everything. Closet. I got to pray. Didn't put up his prayer closet. <laughs> like it was uh, under your breath. Whew, Lord, here goes. Kind mm-hmm. of prayer. And I think um, I think it just highlights that there's different kinds of prayers for different moments. But th- that short-term prayer was actually fueled by this, this long-term prayer. Right. And so I was just... I want to ask you guys, what are some examples of some long-term and short-term 
or short prayers that you guys have. I knew this was coming. How do you identify with Nehemiah? I okay. I should say I guessed this was coming. As I was thinking, I'm like, oh, one of us is going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. I should ask this question so that I don't have to answer it. <laughs> but Rob beat me to the punch, and so now I have to answer it. He still has to answer it. Oh, and I'm verbally spewing so I can process. Um, but good. anyway, no, like 90% of my prayers are exceedingly short. I am not verbose. Um, most of them are like that. However, there are extended... I think when I hear of... When I or when I hear that it takes him four months to pray about this, right? It's not like he's sitting there for four months praying in meditative like guru state, right? I don't I don't imagine that. Yeah, he's he's not sitting there for 120 days straight. Yeah, this is a over the course of this four months, this is something that is continually on his heart, on his mind that he is wrestling over with God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um <clears throat> that he is seeking God in over the course of these four months, and it probably comes to a climax in this scene with the king feeling downcast, and then and then our, our short prayer uh, that we see. So I think, I, for me, there's been seasons where I wrestle with a concept, maybe, um, would be the way to put it, uh, before moving to Missoula. That was a that was a solid couple of months. Um, I think we started mulling over that conversation in February, and I just uh, I decided to come over here in Ju- July. That's when I finally pulled the trigger. Um, so that was a fair number of like that's a that's a fair amount of time. Um, did did the prayer change and morph over that period? Uh, I shouldn't have picked that one because now I got to remember it. Uh, you know, at the beginning, it was a, it started off as a, a sense of, I was feeling pretty restless where I was at. Mm. Uh, it started off as that feeling. Right. And the, the rumblings of coming to Missoula to plant a church was, it was there, but we were, that was still, we were just joking at that point. Or at least I was. Uh, it was still in a text thread called Missoula or Bust, where we were just throwing it out as a, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? Um, moral of that story, never joke. <laughs> never joke with God. <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah. Don't do it. Keep Danger Will Robinson. I'm joking that I want to move to Hawaii and do ministry there, and he's not picking up on that joke. <laughs> you know, he's got a sense of humor on that one, probably. <laughs> yeah, first yeah. time. Siberia, here you go. Yeah. What? What? Oh, you said Hawaii? I misheard that. Antarctic. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Haiti. Um, we'll go there, too. <laughs> until the next earthquake. Um. But anyway, I've got a missionary friend who's in Haiti, and it's been she has all sorts of adventures. But nonetheless, so I was feeling restless. Um, I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty stir crazy. Just uh, feeling kind of discontent, like something. I was not planted well. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe that, other than it was this like kind of constant nudging, mm-hmm. like. You need to do something. You need to right. do something. It was that it was having it was having a rock in my shoe, and you gotta 
like I'm either going to have to sit down and take this thing off or I'm going to have to just keep walking, right? Uh, and so it started off as that and then it, it kind of morphed into a, okay, well, you want me to go somewhere. I'm supposed to go somewhere. <clears throat> Where? What the heck does that look like? Right. Um, Missoula still wasn't on the horizon. Or, I mean, it was, but it wasn't in my brain as an option. I wasn't really considering it. Um, so I started poking around for other, like, other job positions around the country or wherever. Um, kind of mulling that stuff over, looking for open doors. Uh, and eventually it became kind of clear, like, okay, Missoula is this door that's open. Is that where I'm supposed to go? Is that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I was pretty resistant to it. I didn't want to, um, which is pretty standard for me. Uh, I'm pretty Jonah in that, in that sense. Um, and so I wrestled with it for, for fair, that was probably two, at least two months. Um, maybe, maybe closer to three months of that was, is this, you know, and Paul had Paul had asked me by that point, um, which kind of showed the open door, um, and I was, no, 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 and it just kind of it wouldn't go away, hmm. um, despite my best efforts, uh, and in fact, then there was there was random people that would uh, that said things that were like pointing big neon signs. Um, which I was, you know, I couldn't be mad at the people because they had no, like, literally the one, the one kid, he had no idea what he was saying to me. Like, <laughs> it's not your fault, but <laughs> shut up, right? Stop. Get behind um, me, Satan. Yeah, right. It's like, shut up, dude. Don't don't tell me that. What are you doing, Dad? Gum, my mm. God. Mm. Uh, it was kind of one of those, and so it, it morphed into that, and then and then it became clear, and then it was a. Uh, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, so that, that was kind of how that shifted over, right. Over the course of that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I wonder if Nehemiah, if it took him four months and then he's like, oh, I'm supposed to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Like God's doing, God's gonna, God wants to do something about what I'm concerned about, but I'm the one that has to have the conversation with the king. Right. Yeah. He seems pretty passionate about it right off the bat. This is the same king that, uh, unless he invites someone to speak before him, they lose their life. Right? Right. Is this Artaxerxes still? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, at least, isn't there multiple? I don't know. I think I think there's multiple with that name, but I I could be wrong. Anyway, but regardless, th- that's going to be your standard procedure with yeah. those kings. Yeah. So now right. he does get invited. He's just like gone full emo. Um, I imagine like he's got his bangs across his face <laughs> and he's listening. Dyed to some black. Like yeah, he's got some My Chemical Romance like. On his ear pods, but uh, 
<laughs> just really feeling the black parade. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so the the king sees uh, fully emo, emo Nehemiah, and uh, is like, "Dude, what up?" So was mm-hmm. he asking for it in that, or was it just showing on his face? You know, right? But it's. Uh it's it's significant enough of an event that he's saying this quick prayer. Yeah. Kind of feels like he wasn't expecting it um to occur. Yeah. Like like he didn't know his face was telling a story. Yeah. Mhm. I you know what that kind of what that reminds me of with you know when the king sees this on him seeing this weariness that reminds me of the look that a lot of us are walking around with these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talked about this uh, a little bit of the, you know, just on Sunday seeing people, you know, they're coming into church and you know, we're all masked up. So you're just, you're just seeing people's eyes, which I, I, I find kind of interesting um, because yeah, we use like a lot of facial like you, you pay attention to people's faces and you read people's faces, right? But you can still read people's eyes, right? And I, I think I've become. It's kind of like the oh, if you take away your somebody's one of the senses, then your other ones become more attuned. I become more attuned to seeing people's eyes. I think, um, and you can just see it, walking down the street with people or or shopping in Walmart or whatever. Um, people are tired. Mm-hmm. There's like. There's a lot of stuff that's going on and is weighing on people heavily. Right. So when when I, I have a very real image in my mind, other than the emo one, of what the king is seeing here, like, oh, he's just got this this weight about him, you know? His emotional quotient could have been really low, too. And <laughs> I mean, he's been mourning for four months. Yeah. You know, and the king could just be that unaware. Right. Sure. So that's interesting. Jen, how about you? I was hoping Logan would take long <coughs> I tried. I really tried for you. I caught it. <laughs> um, I think... He took so long that I won't have to go. Oh. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of... Well, that verse in is it Ephesians where it's like pray without ceasing, ceasing. Um, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think that happens a lot through my day where it's just like okay, quick, like I don't understand what you're doing. I feel like that <laughs> is probably the biggest prayer I have on repeat. What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? WTF, <laughs> God? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he can handle it. <laughs> Uh, and not to be like in a disrespectful way, just like, what are you doing? Actually, was asking Shonda as she's walking out there. Um, and like the lead character in Filler on the Roof, huh? Yes, there it is. I haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof in forever, so I don't get the reference. I'm sorry, but that's right. Uh, go and find the meaning of this. Go and find the meaning of this. Huh? Um, <laughs> wow, I 
I just got so derailed. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, there wow. it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, to God. Well, and so, like, you're talking about your move to Missoula story. Mm. And I, that was the first thing that popped into my head is I wanted to move to Missoula, like, as soon as my friends moved over here to start a discipleship ministry. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was like, when can I go? When can I go? When can I go? And it was five years later that I finally was like, God's like, all right, you can go. Mm. Mm. And I I see now it being 10 years later since I moved here. Like I needed that time where I wasn't doing ministry with them to grow myself. And so my gotcha. faith became my own. So like hindsight, it's 2020. It's amazing. It um, is 2020. I know. <laughs> I saw a funny meme. It was like, what if the hindsight is 2020 was really time travelers coming back telling us <laughs> to warn us, <laughs> to warn us. <laughs> oh, jeez. That'd be foresight, not hindsight. Well, it'd be foresight for us, hindsight for them. Oh, yeah. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, but I, I still feel like there's prayers that I pray that I've been praying for years that God hasn't answered yet. Like uh, when I started doing foster or starting the process of foster ministry and foster care, I it took me a year and a half to get my foster license because I was wrestling with God about like, I don't want to do this single. Like you need to bring somebody to do this with me. Like where is mm. he at? Like that prayer still hasn't been answered. Right. And he has been so faithful in providing a community around that and around me. And like so often I hear from people like at Childbridge or Partnership or Tribal Social Services, they're like, you have like a great community around you. And so it's like God's answered the prayer, hmm. but he didn't answer it in how I wanted him to. Which the nerve. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> I like that you were leaning back and you had to like... Oh, I was ready for it. You were... Yeah. So, um, yeah. I feel like those longer prayers, we need that time. It's almost like uh, how they build deep anchors for skyscrapers mm -hmm. where they pile drive into the ground and they set these really deep anchors in that and that longer prayer time f when when God chooses to delay his answer mm -hmm. we're building deep deep anchors so that when we face the challenges because Nehemiah faces challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge Logan, you have faced challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge. There's been a couple. With the with this church plant. As a foster parent, you've faced <laughs> challenge after challenge after challenge after you know. Mm -hmm. And so that time of prayer, that time of building deep connection with God, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like that's what's happening. Right. In hindsight, maybe I could have taken, I don't know, a little longer on that. For how much I wanted deeper pylons. 
Does me deflecting with humor. Yes. Well, and when we go through these trials and we go through these hard things and there is suffering in our lives, like it drives us to intimacy with God. Yeah. Or it drives us to other things. But if we choose to allow it, it drives us to be closer to him. And so it... (laughs) I want to be frustrated, but at the same time, like I have this connection with God and this intimacy with him that I wouldn't have had I not gone through the trials I'd gone through. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, it makes it worth it. Yep. It still sucks. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's still challenging. It's still Mm -hmm. hard. It's still painful at times. Mm -hmm. Lots of different things. Yeah. So, yeah, the weariness that people are facing, um, I'm hoping that um, we, as a community, we will find ways to connect with God, connect with each other, to where we come out of this with deeper connections. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Good question. Good question, Rob. Wait, are we not going to make him answer? How long have we gone? <coughs> oh, we got time. Oh, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you want to cut out of? <laughs> we got time. All the pauses will be taken out of this conversation. and <laughs> It'll sound like a rap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did have the 20 minutes where we talked about what did we talk about at the beginning? Nothing important. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll never know now. <laughs> it's not true. Probably won't have to cut anything. Yeah, Depends so on how long Rob's prayer story is. But up. I knew what that was. <laughs> Good vocalization. Um, Let me play it for you. (laughs) (coughs) I'm trying to think of one that I haven't talked about already. So when we, when we, when I did the internship at Moscow, I'm sorry, Real Life in Coeur d'Alene, there's a nine-month internship and I had, Christy and I got in this pattern of going for walks and, and praying. And I knew that I was supposed to do that internship. I was supposed to work 40 hours a week doing that internship. And there were just some things that God that had clearly said to me, and and I'd spent months really considering this. We had a retirement account that I cashed out, and we were going to pay the bills for the nine months. Um, I had a small retirement that pays me on a monthly basis as well. And we were going to send Jacob and I to Israel 
and we were going to add on to our house or not add, add on to our house, but I was going to do some projects around the house to finish some things up so that if we had to sell the house, we could sell the house. I go to the meeting the Friday night. It's kind of supposed to be this celebratory meeting and they're supposed to talk about the internship and lots of clapping and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, the, the group of us that's going through this internship, there was just supposed to be this big celebratory thing and, and then we'd start on Sunday. We go, we sit down, we start having dinner, and they start off, guys, we need to apologize. Mm. If you can't go through with this, we totally understand, but we just came out of a meeting this morning, and it's determined in that meeting that we cannot pay you guys. I think I was the only happy person in the room. Hmm. Because the week before, I'd been talking with Craig Miles, and I said, I said, Craig, I'm going to be here, you know, 40 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you can't do that. We're paying you for 20. You can't be here for 40. You could only be here for 20. And I'm like, God, how's this supposed to work out? Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't make sense. You told me I'm supposed to be here for 40 hours. How am I supposed to be here for 40 hours if they're paying me for 20? And Sunday was like seven, so I was on that's only another 13 hours, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it's a, it's a day and a half, right? Yeah, you know, and so like, I was so confused, God, what are you doing here? So when I go to the meeting and they're like, and we can't pay you. Well, what they were going to pay me was about $7,000 over the over the 9 months. And I'm doing some quick math, quick prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going, okay, that's how much I was going to put into the house. I had $7,000 I was going to put into the house. I'm not going to do that. And so they couldn't send me home. I was volunteering. I could I could volunteer <laughs> as many hours as I want. I could be there 60 hours, and you know you can't say nothing to me because you're not paying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I worked my 40 hours a week plus. Uh, you know, I was, yeah, Craig's like, you're here more hours than I am. I'm like, well, I'm learning things. Mm-hmm. And so I worked my, in, worked my in, internship and, we didn't add on. We didn't do any any things that we thought we would do to the house. The house sold within a day anyway. Wow. And God just provided all the way through that time. So that's my story. That was a good story to end on. There you go. There you go. The more you know. Bum bum bum. <laughs> anyway, I got oh. that one too. Oh, did you get that one? Yeah. Okay. Way better. Way oh, better than Chips for Fears. For y'all that couldn't hear that eye roll that I just did, uh, I rolled my eyes. <clears throat> anyway, it should have been audible. It was so. 
<laughs> Moved the wind in the room. <laughs> uh, anyway. There you go. Well, uh, once again, I've worked myself into a corner and have nowhere to go. So uh, we have now come to the end of footnotes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I did not think about the intro. I did not think about the outro. <laughs> you all have to suffer through that now. Grab the guitar quick. Good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> Throw the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> Mike, we're just going to keep rambling a little bit here just so that you keep running. May uh, the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> oh, <geez>. what? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I, I, that was horrible with Mike running. <laughs> I don't. So story time uh, for everyone else. Mike's going to kill me now. Uh <laughs> You can Mike, do it, Mike. Keep Mike going, Mike is brother. one of our, our, our most avid listeners. Uh, Mike Rubalid, uh, professor, doctor, doctor music, is what uh, my friend Catherine called him last night before he showed up to care group. Uh, <clears throat> the music man. Anyway, uh, so Mike listens to these while he's running, and uh, he's been working on... Uh, he'll just keep running until the end of the podcast, which... Uh, we're now extending out further by rambling about him running. So for I don't know if this is going to be amusing for anybody other than myself and Jen and Rob, <laughs> but I hope that you enjoy this. If you did enjoy this, go ahead and email us at info at lifer or at missionridge.church. Uh, if you didn't like it, Gus at Lifer OTP. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Music is his villain name. Dr. Music. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good but anyway so that's enough you've done great mike well done Whew, take and, a rest uh, welcome to the end of footnotes thanks for joining us and we'll catch you guys next time <laughs> Bye. you've been listening to footnotes on the mission ridge podcast for more information about mission ridge please visit our website at missionridge.church thanks for tuning in we hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.